Hi, I'm Kathy Reagan Young, your host for the Patients Getting Paid podcast, where I share tips on building a chronicpreneur business. That's an online business that allows people with chronic illness to take good care of their health while generating an income. I lost my job because of my chronic illness. It took a lot of time, energy, and money for me to figure it out, but now I'm making more than I did when I was working for someone else full time, and I do it from wherever and whenever is best for me. I'm on a mission to teach others in the chronic conditions community how to do it too. Welcome to Patients Getting Paid. My guests today are two patient advocates who offer workshops to help to eliminate shame, stigma, and internalized ableism. Stay tuned. What they're doing is super interesting. But first, let me remind you that Patients Getting Paid is more than just this podcast. It's a membership community that teaches people with chronic illness how to find and create work that both accommodates their health and generates an income. Inside the membership, you'll find weekly updated condition-specific gigs, brainstorming sessions, accountability posts, coaching calls, co-workings several times each month. And did I mention the incredible community of chronics in there? Well, they've all become friends and collaborators and accountability partners and cheerleaders. Just what you need when you're moving to a chronicpreneur lifestyle. Join us at patientsgettingpaid.com. Hope to see you on the inside. Lainey Ishbia and Estella Lugo are friends, business partners, and chronicpreneurs. They have a podcast and workshop series sponsored by Trendable in partnership with the Hereditary Neuropathy Foundation. These ladies have created the Embrace It series to help empower people with disabilities and chronic conditions to look and feel their best and to ultimately live their best lives. Through their communication and assertiveness trainings, disability hacks, and confidence-building exercises, Lainey and Estella have helped hundreds of individuals living with physical challenges to improve their quality of life while cultivating a true chronicpreneur business and lifestyle. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi, Kathy. Oh, I'm so glad you're both here and you look beautiful. If y'all are just listening, do yourself a favor and get on the YouTube channel and take a look at these beauties. <laughs> they look fantastic. So let's just start at the beginning. Will each of you please share your particular chronic illness or disability challenge with our community? Really, you want to start? Sure. Okay. So I was born with a rare disease called Charcot-Marie-Tooth disorder. It's called CMT for short. It has absolutely nothing to do with teeth. CMT shows up differently in many different people, different types. The type I have um, is hereditary. My mom had it. My sister has it. One of my children has it. Um, and it affects my hands and my feet. I wear leg braces uh, to walk and to balance. And I have uh, no ability to button anything or pick up a quarter off the ground and it's slowly progressive. Mm. And uh, I, I also have CMT, which is how we met. Um, so I was diagnosed early in life, about three or four years old. Ours was just a spontaneous mutation out of nowhere. Mm. Um, so actually my sister and I both have it and um, it stops there for us. My, our, our children do not have it, fortunately. But yeah, we grew up wearing leg braces and um, you know, spending our days as poster child of, of Long Island, New York, uh, going to fundraisers and um, dance-a-thons in the 80s and all that cool stuff. So um, 
I was always very heavily involved in advocacy and that's kind of the environment I grew up in. So, okay, excellent. And y'all are patient advocates now and doing all kinds of interesting things. I typically ask chronicpreneurs when they come on here, what kind of work did you do prior to your diagnosis? But so you were kids. (laughs) Yeah, we started with known. Yeah, your whole life. Well, not so much me. That was definitely Estella. I I grew up with this disease and it wasn't something I was proud of or comfortable with ever until actually, you know, I was an adult. So it was very secretive. My disabilities are mostly invisible. So if you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't know, you know, that I have hand or feet problems most likely. And, um, you know, I, I was ashamed of it for most of my life until I came out, <laughs> I guess, as having a disability and, yeah. and, and realized how um, incredibly powerful it can be to be so vulnerable with others and to not pretend. So, right. Isn't that interesting that like you feel so vulnerable, so you keep things to yourself, but the power is really in, in shared vulnerability, right? Like this is going to stay with me because I'm, I'm, going to make sense at the end of this, but, and it's only happening because my class reunion's coming up, but I remember looking at so many girls in my class and thinking they were so pretty and they had the best clothes and they had the best personality and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just this nothing, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I go to class reunions and they are saying, well, I thought that of you. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if only we would have been talking we wouldn't have all felt, you know, this way. It's when you share your vulnerability that you recognize yourself and others and kind of evens the playing field and you can, you know, uh, what is it all? Um, the, the tide lifts all boats, yeah, right? So. I, I totally don't know that analogy, but 100, <laughs> 100%, like, you know, by not pretending and not trying to be the perfect mom, the perfect person, the perfect looking woman, you know, other people are drawn to you, right? you know, and it builds like better friendships, better relationships. And I don't know why we like, didn't learn that growing up. It was almost like you had to be this certain way, or at least you thought, and that girl who was the most gorgeous, the skinniest, the whatever you thought was probably the most insecure, you know? Yeah. Ironic, but true. So tell me about your chronicpreneur journey and how your business allows you both to better accommodate your health. I'm assuming it does. Absolutely. I mean, well, mine kind of grew out of um, connecting with the organization that I work for full-time right now, which is the Hereditary Neuropathy Foundation. So again, you know, this underlying theme of vulnerability, um, they decided to release a or and fund a documentary by the name of Bernadette. And this was about 10 years ago. And once I saw the film or the trailer of the film, I was absolutely mesmerized because it was finally seeing myself in someone else's lived experience. Yeah, Bernadette had CMT as well. And so other than myself and my sister, I had never seen another woman, especially my age, just navigating her life with with CMT. And now here was this film. And I was just like, I I need to find this woman. I stalked her on yeah. Facebook. We became <laughs> like instant friends. And from there, I learned of the organization's work. I just started volunteering. I wanted to be part of it. And I had 
this design background and interior design. And it was, it was great. I was doing what I loved, but there was still that piece missing where I just didn't feel like I could completely be myself. My disability was something I had to hide and overcome in order to be successful in life. And so, you know, everything kind of set, fell into place. And, and then one day, here we are on a, a Zoom call with the, my coworkers. And, oh, my God, did you see this woman on Facebook? She has this fashion blog and she she writes about wearing leg braces and she has CMT. And we have to we have to talk to her. So, you know, we got a hold of each other and we just this is the beautiful thing, too. You just feel like you've known each other. Right. Forever when you have a shared yeah. experience. Yeah. And uh, we hit yeah. it off. Speak the same language. That's yeah. kind of the the point about PGP too. We all come in as chronic preneurs. We speak the same language. So just to be clear, that fashion blogger was Lainey. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you know, my background, I have a master's in social work. And I when my So naturally you'd go into fashion. Right. Well, yes, of course, because, you know, um, so I, you know, always practiced social work with young girls, adolescents and women, you know, sharing what, like a lot of us do, you know, your own experience, your own triumph. I had alluded to the fact that I was ashamed of my disabilities growing up and had pretty poor self-esteem, but on the outside, I was the popular girl in school. And so I found that social work was a great you know, avenue for me to be able to connect with other young adults who were just like me. But then, you know, I got older. <laughs> and not that you're not good when you're not older, but the connection of having a young 20 something and 30 something sitting on the floor and doing therapy changes. Mm -hmm. So I kind of didn't love, you know, being this real therapist mm -hmm. <laughs> and liked the group part of it. I also on the side had an eBay business for years and years and years before eBay was eBay. I was selling clothing that I found in thrift stores, high-end designer clothing. I've always known brands and material, and I just started flipping clothing. And back then, you could make good money doing it, and uh, there were no taxes involved, or you know, PayPal wasn't reporting. So right. I did that as a side hustle um, for many years. Um, today, yeah. I still thrift store shop for myself um, and friends. And so I combined. So after my kids started getting older and I was like, uh, I, I need something that I feel passionate about. A friend was like, well, you're such a resourceful person. Like you always find everything. You're the go-to for all of yeah, us. For everybody looks um, to you. I also must say that my mother who had CMT, she had, she had a pretty debilitating um, condition and she struggled, even though she was the most social person on the planet. She cared about fashion. She cared about how she looked. She cared about going and getting out and being busy, but she couldn't zip up her pants. Um, she found it difficult to put on her shoes, to even find shoes. And um, I watched her and helped her to like find hacks to be able to do those things. And a friend of mine, when I was having lunch with them, they're like, well, why don't you just combine it all? Yeah. Um, and so I did. So Trendable kind of was born from a desire to like give back also to tell people, you know, if you wear leg braces, you do not, I'm not a doctor, but you don't have to follow all the rules that you think you do. Those yeah. rules are written by people who don't actually have disabilities. And the way I learned is that shoes 
when they fit <laughs> and they don't fall off, it doesn't really matter. Like it's all good. So I, you know, I, I help people to do all of that. And I, when we connected with Estella and h and it just so happened my mom passed away three weeks later from the launch of Trendable. And the Hereditary Neuropathy Foundation, Estella, my friends there, they sent me the most beautiful plant. And I didn't even know these people. So Aww. it was really like they, this community, my community at Trendable and my community through HMF helped me, you know, through that grieving process and giving back always does that, you know, truth. Absolutely. So at what point then did you all, okay, you met each other, you liked each other, you're going steady. (laughs) You know, how, how did you decide to become business partners and what did that look like? Yeah. So the HNF through the HNF, we, we have uh, annual summits, patient centric summits where uh, we as patients, we kind of figure out what's most needed, what's most important. And so the second day of our summit, first the first day was medical. The second day was really about empowering patients with just, you know, that the, the, the power of our, our emotions. And Lainey had suggested, why don't we do a workshop on, um, on assertiveness, how to be assertive with CMT? And I was like, wow, I've never heard like, you know, this is like a really unique idea. And I was always really drawn to psychology, but I never had the framework to kind of combine it with disability. And here Lainey was like, she had these, I, this idea of, of uh, a workshop. And so together we kind of put together this, this session with role-playing and with humor. And we're like, oh my God, that was so fun. Like we were, we had all the patients engaged and cracking up and just but at the same time, they were learning tools that they could take back to them at back home that really felt good that they could bring to their everyday interactions and their relationships. So that's kind of where that light bulb moment. Yeah. Went off and you're like, we should do more of these. We've got something here. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and so talk to me a little bit about those workshops because that's where I met y'all and I've been trying to figure out how that's been a while ago now because I I still have COVID brain where there's such a time warp. I really don't know about time anymore. I really don't. But I, you know, that was definitely pre, was that a health union? Was that? It was. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that was a while ago because they haven't done an in-person in probably three years. 2019. Yeah. That was our first like that was our like first booked gig, right? We had just been doing this for the foundation and kind of like that's doing what I thought I remembered y'all telling me that. Yeah. yeah that's like, whoa, let's 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 take this to the next level. And so that's really where, you know, we started to put together our slides and and really like building and, and growing this in a way that could apply to other types of disabilities as well. We really started to see the the parallels between not just what we were experiencing, but what how, how we could benefit others with, with other types of disabilities. Right. And so I know that, that Health Union, which is an, such an amazing organization, was the first gig, but you have gone way beyond sort of, um, you know, patient advocacy gigs and, and mm-hmm. patient-centric things. You've really expanded to, you were sharing with me, I, I know Levi's yeah. was one and 
Pinterest. Lockheed yeah. Martin. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Congratulations yeah. on those big gets to begin with. But how does that work? In other words, I know you were speaking to all of us patient advocates at Health Union. Sort of what is your slant with these other companies? Yeah. So with patients, with people, with caregivers, it's a totally different workshop. Mm-hmm. Our goal with those workshops, like we did for Health Union, you know, which are completely customizable, of course, but really it's all about empowering people to use their voices, to role play situations that are uncomfortable, like someone, you know, doubting your disability or judging you and and responses that you can give for that. I think in that workshop, we did this cool, like, you know, we used someone as a a volunteer and like use different clothing to, you know, symbolize the baggage that we carry about our own disabilities. With your luggage. I remember the luggage. (laughs) So we do those kinds of things with, with, with patients, with Mm -hmm. um, people on assertiveness and self-esteem and that kind of thing. And then with businesses, we found, well, they have a whole other set of issues, which is really understanding how to communicate in general with people and about people with disabilities that are in their workplaces. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing, you know, these are the words to use, or this is how to be an inclusive workspace. Mm -hmm. Ours is really about real life, everyday situations where the people that are working for you may be hiding what they have because the environment itself doesn't feel safe. And how can we make, you know, the language more inclusive? How can a manager, you know, give accommodations without other people being resentful? Those kinds of of role play situations. And we also do a whole thing because obviously fashion Fashion. That was a a bonus between Estella and I, like it's my interest too. And Estella has a background, um, you know, a degree in design. Um, So we use that to do a lot of work with companies who are creating fashion lines or shoe brands and either it's workshops with their designers or their teams before they launch. And it's all about disability empathy. It's about how can you possibly you know, you can do all your focus groups, but unless you get it, yeah, best way you can possibly get it, it will not be, it will not be received by the community in the way you want it to. And I love that you said you work with a lot of these companies like before launch, because I did a panel years ago for HIMSS, and I'm never going to remember what the hell that stands for, but it's a huge conference out in Orlando every year, and it's, you know, health information, mm -mm, I don't know, something. But um, there were all a million booths, and I was on this panel, and I had walked around and talked to all these companies that were showing me these apps for folks with MS or different chronic conditions or this, that, and the other thing. And the first, I remember clearly looking at this app and, and it was flashing and it had crazy colors. And it was, and I said, I, I literally can't look at this and I have MS and you're marketing this to people with MS. Like we we can't handle that kind of flashing. We get sensory overload. Mm -hmm. So that I threw out what I planned on talking about that day on that panel. And I just got up there and I said, the best thing I can tell y'all is work with patients at conception. Yes. You healthies trying to figure out what we chronics need is kind of ridiculous. Yes. The smartest thing to do as an entrepreneur is to find 
a solution to a problem. And as someone who has no experience in this, you don't know what our problems are, right? Exactly. And you don't know what problems are most most important to us. Exactly. So I love that you're working with these companies pre-launch because I know you are informing those things. And that is just so smart on both ends, right? Because they're not going to be spinning their wheels and coming out with prototypes that fall flat because it's answering the need. And then the people that they're providing the solution for are truly getting the right solution for them. I mean, you, you two are really the important step that I think has been missing in so many, particularly product-based endeavors. So kudos to you. Yeah. And definitely like we've talked about with you, what you do with your patients getting paid is a perfect union because what we discourage companies to do is just to do these focus groups and think that you're having input, you're getting input. It should be that people with disabilities are employed from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And, and then when it launches and marketing and and everything, because, you know, they think that they've checked the boxes by doing these big focus groups, but then it's over and the product's out there. And we see so many that it's like a big fail, you know? It keeps going back to that quote, the nothing about us without us. So that's what we try and instill, you know, and whenever we're working, it's like, do you have somebody with a disability at the decision making table? Yes. And if you don't, then come back when you do. Right. Love it. Or, or hire you better yet. Um, (laughs) So tell me about your other things that you're doing. I mean, that's phenomenal enough. That blows me away that there are other things to talk about, but there's lots of other things you two are doing. You've got a podcast, you do speaking engagements, workshops. You've even got an upcoming course. Tell me everything. (laughs) So yes, the workshops are definitely something that we do and love to do. We've been doing a lot virtually, but hope to do more in person um, as more and more companies start to do that. But for people with chronic conditions and disabilities, Estella and I have created and are continuing to create an awesome, fabulous online course that will, you know, help people to live better every day. It's going to, it's jam. It's so we're not, we're not finished because it's such a huge undertaking with, you know, we don't want people to just log on and feel like, Oh, why did I pay this money? And what am I getting? You know, it's not a lift you up for a day. We want it's a motivational, inspirational thing. Yeah. We want it to be truly practical and life-changing. So we're putting a lot of content in it and um, giving people like all the tools to, Delete um, shame, as an example. That's mm-hmm. the first module. The, the Disability Badass Academy. That's oh. what we're doing our, our course. Obviously, it will be, hopefully, more courses, but that's kind of our, our first initial course. And like Lainey, you know, was touching upon, it really starts with that internalized shame that unfortunately comes along so often with the lived experience of a chronic illness or yes or disability, it's because we, you know, society was not built for us. We, we don't fit into that box of, and, and those society standards of productivity, you know, can be so harmful when you don't have exposure or community that tells you otherwise. So that's, you know, that's another one of the reasons why we love what you're doing as well, because I know for myself, I work from home with my organization for the most part. 90% of the time I'm making up my own hours 
And that means, you know, yes, I work during the week, but if I need to sleep in a little longer, or if I need to check out for a little while and do some meditation on my deck in the sun and just kind of regroup, like I have that flexibility and that, that autonomy to be able to do that. And I have a beautiful team who's, who encourages that's fantastic. That's what we should, should be available to us all. And that's certainly what we're working toward in PGP. Yeah. And I just want to go back because you touched on this, but this is, this is a, a real hallmark in PGP. We say productivity is not a reflection of your value. I mean, you know, I think to your point about, you know, society's really not set up for us. There's this hustle mentality out there and you just have to hustle and you have to push through and all these other inflammatory, horrible mm -hmm. notions that can't pertain to us. I always say, and I want to, I really do want to get some t-shirts that say hashtag fuck the hustle because <laughs> we can't hustle. The doors to the Patients Getting Paid membership community are now wide open. This is a community of people with chronic illness learning to find and create flexible remote work that accommodates their health. I call us chronicpreneurs. There are trainings, coaching calls, networking opportunities, co-workings, and a ton of resources. Want to take better care of yourself and still generate an income? Join us at patientsgettingpaid.com. I'm just, I'm loving everything that y'all are doing. And I'm just so glad that we have uh, reconnected after these years, because I think that we're in the same lane and we, you know, ultimately want to do the same thing, which is help people. And there's power in numbers, right? Absolutely. So let me start with this because we mentioned it at the, at the top of this, but we never really got to it. I think Estella just, just kind of touched on it. And that is how what you're doing, your chronicpreneur business is really supporting your disabilities or your chronic illnesses and those kinds of things. Because again, with PGP, we're just encouraging people and, and giving them a peek into what our uh, chronicpreneur businesses look like and how it supports our you know, our life, because this, we're not into the hustle culture. That's not, that's not who we are or we're, who we should be. So how does this support everything you've got going on? I learned the hard way um, working several jobs that unless you're doing what you love, you're going to, you're ultimately going to be drained. And as people with limited, as spoonies, we like to say sometimes, yes. or as people with limited energy, it's really important to find a line of work that energizes you back, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it, and it doesn't mean that Lainey and I don't work our asses off because we right. do. And we do even, we're guilty of getting stuck in that hustle mentality sometimes. And we constantly have to be reminding ourselves like, okay, it's okay to rest. Rest yeah. is part of productivity. True, but true. by finding something that we know that we completely believe in is really helping people and, and is valuable and has such an impactful, such a, a positive impact mm -hmm. on their life. That energizes me at the end of the day. I, you know, as tired as I get sometimes, it, it, it's, it's sustainable. It keeps me going four years from episode one of our podcast. Where we had no idea of what we were doing until <laughs> right. episode 34, where we still are a little less clueless, but still have a ways to uh, learn. It's so but great. Yeah, it, keeps you, it, keeps you, it keeps you energized. And I yeah. think 
that's the biggest part of me that that's it's beneficial to my health because I'm doing something I, I absolutely love. Fantastic. And I want to congratulate you too on that. You're at 30. Did you say 34 episodes 34. of your podcast? Yes. I think, I think I shared with you this week that the average podcast, like way more than what did I just, I just heard this too. 70%, I think pod fade mm. after six episodes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. So you look up a, a podcast and you see, you know, all these thousands and thousands of podcasts, if you look into them, the vast majority of them have six or less episodes and then they just quit. So you just get on a groove after like the the fifth one. I mean, those early ones are really hard to listen to, but like, we, we sound like, I remember calling Estelle and be like, okay, you sound like a robot. I sound (laughs) I mean, I don't even know what to do. Like we have a natural flow when we talk, but yeah. it was, mm-hmm. you're so nervous and oh, you don't yeah. know what you're doing and you're like, so oh, the sound and the whatever. And then you have that imposter syndrome sets yeah. in, you know, you, you have your favorite podcast that you're comparing yourself to and, you know, oh my goodness, they have 10,000, you know, downloads per yeah, episode yeah. and we're just about reaching 10,000 downloads after, you know, two and a half years. But I think it's all part of, you know, giving yourself credit for where you've come, no matter what that looks like and not comparing yourself to other people and just, and, and having an authentic desire to learn. Like we love learning from other members of our, our community because yeah. everyone has their own experience and, and, and skills and stories to tell. And, and we love that. Hundred percent, and and then that brings you back to that vulnerability piece again, mm-hmm. right? Because I think people get into trouble when they're trying to, you know, fake it till they make it and pretend like they know it all. If you go into anything and go, I really don't know shit, but <laughs> I'm going to ask a million questions. I'm going to be honest and tell everybody I really don't know shit about this. Could you help me? People want to inherently help other people yeah. just don't be a jackass. Like don't, don't act like you know what you're doing. Right. So I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, <laughs> something else that we always talk about in here is money. So mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind telling us how you, what you get paid to do this and is it steady income? I know Estella that you also have a full-time job. So does that mean that Lainey is doing more of the heavy lifting in the business? Day to <laughs> oh, day? No. Do you know what no, I mean? No. No, no, no. We, do. we balance each other out. Lainey does more the heavy lifting as far as writing. She's okay. just like a prolific writer and she can just knock out pages and pages of content where I literally have to like sit with like a paragraph for like two hours to make sure that it's, you know, perfect. So yeah. she's much more productive in, in that way. But I think, you know, we balance each other out really well and we give each other, you know, space. She knows that I have my playful with my full-time job. And so we're just aware of that and mindful of that. And um, as far as money, our first gig was the health union. And what was that? $500 each? Our first paid gig. We did a lot. Right. Good point. I don't remember. That was, we, we, that was a really wonderful one because they Mm -hmm. gave, they paid for travel, they paid for the hotels and they gave us a nice stipend. But, you know, for most of our workshops for companies that um, are able to, you know, the ones that have been on zoom that are about an hour long, we charge around $4,000 for those. Um, so it is not income that is steady. It's definitely as you go. 
Right. I make money, but I mean, I don't know if you could call it make money. <laughs> I, I don't, I am very lucky right now that this does not, this is more of a passion project, mm-hmm. all of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that keeps me going, keeps me happy. We don't depend on my Your money for our income. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I make some money from uh, affiliate links, okay. um, So I do Amazon. I have collective style or style collective, I think it's called. So when I write blogs and post about clothing and I do outfits for people, you know, for the fall or, you know, what to wear on a cruise and then also give cruise tips um, with it. Those outfits, if someone clicked on it and someone bought the outfit as it was like, you Mm -hmm. know. I might get 10%, 12% of what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that looks like probably around $400 a month, but then with website costs and with all that's involved with, you know, we have a podcast, so we have a subscription to a host. We have, I use apps to help me schedule posts. All of it kind of breaks even. It's not, that's not a huge income. We do also do brand um, partnerships. So those are, you know, when I do a post about a brand, they pay me to write the blog and then they also pay for any affiliate, you know, people who use the link for the shoes or whatever it is for that blog. And so, you know, it's not steady, but that does bring in a couple hundred dollars a month, which is, which is nice. Um, Awesome. And then that's also just to be really clear for those folks who don't know about affiliate marketing or are real well versed in it, those things stay up. They're called evergreen. And so you might get a hit when you first, Mm. you know, put it out there, but that's what I really love about this stuff too. And by the way, inside PGP, one of the trainings is all about affiliate marketing. So, and that's, I have a number of affiliate marketing products and services and things that I, that I work with as well. But one of the ones, the biggest one for me is every year, and this is over on FUMS, Mm -hmm. I do a um, multiple sclerosis holiday gift guide. Mm-hmm. And it, I have just been curating things that are helpful or just are lovely and make me happy. And I always put it out every year and ask people for their, you know, what was what was a great product you received or bought yourself this year. And every, just about every one of those are affiliate links, which yes. is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So um, that is a nice, nice way. And it stays up the first few years. Okay. So I started that in 2011 and the first few years, right after the holidays, I would take it down because I just mm. didn't know any better. Yeah. It's crazy. When I look at my metrics, how many people are, you know, year round visiting that page. So anyway, mm-hmm. just a little aside, but well, I- it's great that you have the training because, you know, I learned everything all on my own. Figured and, it out. You know, my, I didn't grow up with, you know, all of this technology. And I just yeah. taught myself actually from listening to podcasts on affiliate marketing and on how to do SEO and stuff that I didn't even know what those right. things were. So yeah. you, I have a marketing background and I, and I had none. So I literally just self-taught yeah, that's great. So, okay, these companies hire you, you do these presentations, you've got your podcast, you've got Trendable. You ladies are some kind of busy. What do you both do for health insurance? 
So um, I am fortunate enough where my partner um, has health insurance through his business. Okay. So I'm covered through that. Excellent. Yeah. And I'm covered through my husband who also has health insurance. Okay. Excellent. Those are the two biggest sticking points from people deciding to make a change. Can I make any money? And what am I going to do about health insurance? So I ask that every single time. And I've heard from so many people that that is so helpful to, you know, to just hear these things because those are sticking points. And those are things that oftentimes people are not very forthcoming on. So thank you both for being so transparent. And you know what? I, I understand how scary that is because I was divorced before I remarried and Estella as well. And, you know, those were realities. Like, how mm-hmm. am I going to afford to live, do what I want to do and take care of my kids and, you know, have my health insurance costs, you know, yeah. covered. And, um, you know, at the time, by the way, I looked into chamber of commerces and things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are very discounted plans, even for people with chronic conditions. Okay. Um, Thanks for that. Look tip. In, yeah, Thanks. and I have a tip too. Um, oh, good. Actually, someone yesterday posted in one of the groups regarding medications. So there's a there's a discounted service that their doctor connected them with called Phil, like the name P H I L. Okay. Um, that she ended up paying fifty percent or a third of what her regular medication costs were. So I just wow. wanted to throw Thank that out you. there as well. And I, I know there's more and more of those kind of uh, initiatives. Fantastic. Um, Love a good tip. Thanks, Mm -hmm. ladies. Um, Have you incorporated or filed as an LLC? And do you recommend starting with a legal structure in place? So we have not yet. And that's definitely on our list of things to do soon because, you know, up until this point, it's really been through my organization and, and Lainey's blog. So we really haven't felt like- Trendable is an LLC. So we, oh, we okay. have not been yeah. covered by that. Been not operating. Gotcha. gotcha. Let's not put that out there, Estella. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, no, Trendable is an LLC. So when we embrace it, our podcast and our workshops have been through Trendable. Like our Perfect. website, covered. Our, all of our workshops are on Trendable's website, Perfect. which is- in LLC. <laughs> Perfect. And I, 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 I know I said it in your intro, but I want to say it again. Like you just mentioned that your, your podcast and your workshops are called embrace it. And we're going to give all, there's going to be a million links. So no worries. Don't drive off the road. If you're trying to write this stuff down, <laughs> do y'all have any special tools or apps that you find helpful in either your work or just life in general? Kathy is so interesting. I don't, I, this is probably airing going to air long after it goes, but I actually just updated uh, an old blog that had 12 life-changing apps for people with any kind of disability or chronic illness. And now I've made it 25. <laughs> so, um, some, so I like did a bunch of research and looked at that. apps that are specifically for people with chronic conditions and disabilities, as well as those that are not specifically designed for us, but that are awesome. So there's the obvious, right? There's the Instacart and the and the DoorDash and the Uber and the Lyft and all of those. Um, and then there's also the non-obvious ones like 
there's this really cool app for people with vision challenges and blindness called um, My Eyes. Be My Eyes. Be My Eyes. And they pair people with volunteers. Um, Well, volunteers are literally nationwide and they're seeing volunteers who, so if you're at a grocery store and you have difficulty reading the, the signs or the labeling, or you're getting dressed and don't know what color you're wearing, the app calls one of those volunteers who literally over the phone is telling you what, you know, is oh reading the information gosh. for you. I love that. So that's, that's one that I loved, yeah. but like, there's also, um, I mean, there's so many great ones and some of them are already built into our phones and devices already. Mm-hmm. And we just don't know how to use them. So exactly. <laughs> as an example, I put on there, you know, um, how to use the ability to like talk, um, talk to text. Okay, um, and also, you know, a few other features that are already on most people's devices and that's Android and Google and, and, um, Apple devices that, you have, and you just need to set up, right? Like a lot of these apps, even, um, even the app for driving the maps app, as an yes. example, Yeah. like in order to, if you want to use it and have, and, and you're in a, use a wheelchair, there is a section to be able to add that to your profile. So you'd be able to use it like other apps that were specifically for people in wheelchairs to find restrooms and whatnot. Now that maps app has that. So Google maps, you can use to find an accessible restroom. And if you don't, aren't a wheelchair user, but you have difficulty walking or doing curbs, you can literally zoom in like Google Maps does. Mm, And you can see the the entrance to a building that you're going to see where to park or if you even want to go to that building. Oh my gosh. There's another one called iaccess.life. Oh, that's on my list. Yeah. So, but that kind of, it's like the Yelp of accessibility. So oh, um, users, users will rate um, a venue or a restaurant or anything with, you know, their accessibility uh, rating, you know? I so you get, based, you get it from the user's um, experience, which I think is really powerful. That's oh, I want to give you one more. There's one <laughs> fuel service, which is really cool. And that's a lot of people, especially um, with mobility challenges and hand problems, have difficulty using um, gas pumps and mm. unscrewing their things. There's an app called Fuel Service where it basically notifies and tells you which gas stations in wherever you are have service people who can help Fuel you. Oh and then it lets you know how long you will wait at the, at the pump. For them to come out. So it gives a timer and tells you when they're available. Use that one. I never knew that one. Thank you, ladies. See? That's right. You ladies are amazing. Normally I ask this and everybody's like, um, Excel, does that count? And that's as much as I get. If you don't mind, I will link to your uh, oh, yeah, post blog, about that. Absolutely. And um, absolutely. We'll send that. We'll send that to you for sure. Excellent. We'll put a link to that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So what advice would you give to other chronics uh, or those with disabilities who want to do something more flexible or remote, either full-time or as a side hustle? I always go back to tap into what you love doing and and talk to other people about it because somebody might be able to pick up on what your strengths are and and skills are. Maybe 
differently or better than you in some cases. Like, yeah. you're really good at this, just like kind of Lainey's friend suggested the fashion thing. So I think that that's a good place to start. Great um, also connecting with other community members and in your, whether it's your disease group or um, your own kind of community to see what, what needs are out there and how you might bring your skills to solve a problem, right? So instead of starting from a place of what kind of business should I, should I go into? It's more about what kind of problems can I help solve and using my skill set, my experience, how can I bring value to that? I love that. And, and I, I would also say that, you know, it's very easy nowadays to take courses online to get certifications mm-hmm. in just about anything. Yeah. Like whether it's medical billing at home, like I'm thinking of things that you can do at home, medical yeah. billing. You can take, you know, use Coursera or one of these, you know, apps to find all these courses and you can learn a skill. A lot of people don't think that they have skills. Well, you, everyone can learn new skills. So, you know, whatever it may be. And then the other thing would be then, you know, put it out there, like Estella said. And one way to put it out there is on like the next door apps in people's Mm. communities. I, I mean, I see every day people like, I need work and there's like a million jobs, right? So, right. I mean, and all it takes is someone who's like, you know, who does it maybe on your behalf. Hey, I know a great person. She's, right. you know, have someone else write it if you don't feel comfortable, you know. I um, love that. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you so much, ladies. You're the best. And I just enjoyed getting to spend time with you again. Yes. We've seen you two days in a row. I know. know. In fact, I might have seen you more than my own husband. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're married in a different way then. Um, (laughs) uh, Sisterhood. So thank you for sharing your hearts and your souls and your inspirational chronicpreneur stories with the PGP community. If people want to learn more about you or your workshops or your upcoming courses, where did they go? So trend-able.com. So on there, you'll find Lainey's blog. And then if you go to the book me section, section, um, that's where all of our workshop information is and our speaking information and details and some testimonials there. And yeah, please check it out. And, and my organization is uh, hnf-cure.org. That's for anyone who thinks they may have CMT or may have a family member with CMT. Um, So that's a great resource for, um, you know, medical information and just community support. Excellent. Yep. And we're on all the social media. So on Trendable, you can link to Trendable's Mm -hmm. Facebook page, but our on Instagram, we, our podcast is embrace it underscore podcast podcast <laughs> okay <laughs> like see that's where we fill in each other's yes that's so nice that you yeah. have that back and forth how lovely <laughs> excellent well thanks again ladies really appreciate it so great spending time all this time with you. i'm going to miss you next week maybe we should do a little catch-up next week i'll miss you we, maybe we should <laughs> i'm in let's make let's one day we'll do coffee and then another day we'll do wine sounds great <laughs> 
<laughs> or we could do wine. Sign me up. That sounds like better. Okay, that's even better. I'm in. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to tell you what I really wanted to do, which was wine both days. But whatever. Thanks for being vulnerable. You. Thank you. We can do that too. Shared vulnerability, shared wine. Woo! Thank cheers. You so much for having us on. Yes. Really appreciate it. We love what you're doing. So we thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Bye, everyone. That's it for today's episode of the Patients Getting Paid podcast. I hope you learned something great and got inspired to follow your dreams to a chronicpreneur lifestyle. Please hit subscribe on your podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. To continue the conversation, head over to Patients Getting Paid on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You should join us in the Patients Getting Paid membership community where like-minded chronics are supporting each other and learning to find and create remote work situations to better accommodate their health. Learn more about all of the features and benefits of this unique membership community at patientsgettingpaid.com. I hope to see you on the inside.